Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I'm here to clear my name. People have been blaming me all week for what happened with Kane and Lita. It wasn't my fault. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, everyone. This is ring announcer to the stars, the Twitterless heroine herself, the hashtag queen of soft style, and the host of the hashtag Miranda show, Miranda Morales. And welcome to this new world of podcasting, uh, which, well, maybe you see us, maybe you don't. Uh, and I'm not trying to play any games with you here, fingers crossed, but we are experimenting this week with a video podcast. Um, myself and my co-host, we different Sorry. think that if we see each other, we've always been able to see each other visually with this podcast, but now you could see us seeing each other. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't have any explanation for that. I had this vision of them looking through the window that I don't really like, but but watching on YouTube, I'm okay with. 
this. Yes, you can watch this on YouTube. But this is the first time we've ever tried to do a video podcast uh, for this show in particular, which is something that we have discussed, something I've been really avid wanting to do because there's so many things within our facial expressions, within our signs that we do every week. And we want to make sure you are in on it. So, uh, you know, bear with us if there's a little bit of technical difficulties, but I promise you it's going to be a lot more fun because again, you're going to get the facial reactions you've always been wanting to figure out as you are listening to this podcast. However, it's still going to be available in audio form on all of your favorite uh, streaming forms of podcasting, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbay, uh, and soon to be on speaker. So just know that you can still listen to this, but also welcome to the new world. Welcome to the video format of the hashtag Miranda show. Uh, I skimmed by my co-host earlier, so I'm going to let you, you know, you're, you're a good guy. So I'm going to let you have your, your proper intro. Please welcome my co-host, Greg DeMarco. Dave, it's me, Dave. Sup? No, I'm just kidding. I'm excited. Like, it's weird. I've got so many things to do during this show right now because I'm recording. We're recording the audio just in case. I've still got to play the sound bites. Uh, I kind of wish the sound bites had their own little feed and their own little face on here, but they don't. I'm recording the video. I'm pushing buttons. Yeah, if if anything happens. It's not my fault. Although it probably will be my fault. And And that's just okay. That's what you signed up for, Greg. Like, I'm not here to put any particular blame, but you did. You kind of did. Did I really sign up for that? When? You did sign up for this by being my friend and also the kingpin of the chair shot. As people can see with my name on the screen, just like they can see the Queen of Soft Island. If if something goes wrong, I might change my name. I I thought about making that a a gimmick during the show, (laughs) just continually changing the name. But I don't know. I've got so many other things to do and hopefully try to contribute in a positive way to the actual content that people are hearing and listening to so that it is the such good shit they've come to know and love. This is such good shit. Well, we got some really good topics this week. It may sound boring when I first present it to you because it's not the flashy news of pro wrestling that you have come to know and love, especially from thechairshot.com. And as a reminder, the Hashtag Miranda Show is part of the Chairshot Radio Network. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. I just realized everyone's going to see how emphatically I play sound bites. <laughs> so how I love things. to push the button and be like, "We we are You're pulling welcome. back the curtain." We've we really talked are. about pulling back the curtain now, and it's the curtain is pulled. There back, is no so. curtain. There, there is yeah. no curtain left. Yeah, the yeah. the fourth wall has been. There's no fourth wall. Broken. There's no curtain. There's no fourth wall. There's a window that people are staring in. So if I watch this later, am I staring through the window at myself? Dave, it's me, Dave. I think I might be. Yeah, you're, you're looking into your own soul. I, that, that scares the shit out of me. I don't want to do that. Yeah, no. Um, the, look, luckily for you that this show is not for the deep thinker. Um, even though today's... We're still going to laugh at things. We're still going to... No, yeah, of course we're going to laugh at things. That's, that's the whole point. I you're, the professional. Them... you're the professional. Who, you're the professional who wore a chair shot shirt, not me. 
You know what? But I did that because of the fact that not only can I promote and do my plug for ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot, I can actually show our lovely listeners slash viewers an actual shirt they can buy. Look at this. Look how good this looks, everyone. I, I don't say this for my health. I say it because I believe in the product. You're welcome. You just stood up for that. That was that was brilliant. I, I had to. That I had was... to stand up. I had to let everyone know I am proud to be wearing my chair shot t-shirt. And I mean, let's let's get to it. Let's get at it. If you want to get your very own chair shot t-shirt like the one I am wearing right now, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. This is one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Um, which is, this is the OG, I call it the OG chair shot uh, t-shirt. This is an army green uh in soft style i feel like i'm on the home shopping network this is we gotta get you more t-shirts now this is is (laughs) i have to now cut all all of these uh, you have to cut them Uh, oh i see what you're saying i I thought you meant cutting the shirts yeah you gotta cut all the promos so i did actually so i actually got this custom cut i went to my local tailor and i said i need you to do some modifications to the shirt so it is a little shorter than other shirts uh, because of the fact that I'm a short person. I also got the neckline adjusted. So usually they're in the regular crew uh, cut and I got it modified to have wait, a wait. wider neck. You actually had the, like, this isn't just something you got a pair of scissors and did. You actually no. paid money oh, for Oh man, I am not good with a pair of scissors, trust. I, I got <laughs> this professionally whole... done. That's amazing, first of all. that That's, that's baller shit. Yes, so I got it professionally okay. done uh, because I wanted I wanted just to have the extra comfort. This is in soft style, so all t-shirts start at nineteen ninety nine. But if you want to spend a few extra dollars, you can get any t-shirt available in soft style, which means with sleeves and also sleeveless. So with summertime coming up, if you want to show the guns, then uh, not just your arms, not real guns, not actual um, guns. Then, no. Yes. Uh, then go ahead and order a sleeveless t-shirt, long sleeve, regular, uh, fitted, whatever you like. They're all available at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Again, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot t-shirt today. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. It's been really funny to see what we do during a 41 second long commercial. Sierra Hotel. (laughs) India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. And that's what you do during commercials. When before we never had to worry about the video part. I know. We could just, just do whatever we I'm wanted. Not, but I'm, we're not changing the show. Like we're just not. No. We're just doing. No, the same it's not. Thing. If anything, you guys are getting a peek into what we uh, are doing and saying. I don't, uh, what we look like. I don't think it would be as good. Like, like it would still be good. But if we changed it because we're trying to do a video, no. I, I think it would. 
it wouldn't be authentic. You know, I'm, I haven't used this word in a while, but authenticity is something I am huge on. And I, it's even on our hiring page for writers. Like I want people to be authentic. And so to me, it's like, leave the show as it is, just yeah. show people what we do. So it's kind of almost a behind the scenes deal. I, but yes, because when I was talking about the the t-shirts um, and showing off your arms, I automatically went to pretty much one of the reasons why we decided to change this into a video format. And it was just the idea of Greg and I just flexing in the, the camera for 20 minutes. I don't know. We had got onto this subject and, and both of us are fitness enthusiasts and we've actually, you know, worked really hard to gain the muscles that we have. So uh, I just started to to flex, and we're thinking, then why, why aren't we showing the world? Right. You know, and th that uh, wasn't even on your show. I think that was in between the interview and the recording <laughs> from last time. But it was, it was the impetus. after the show, I think. Maybe. Now I purposely didn't wear the shirt I said I was going to wear just in case this doesn't work this week. I was going to save it. Plus, I think it's appropriate for next week if we do what we're planning to do next week. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, next week may be a little bit more formal. So who knows? Maybe I, you know. Uh, decide to wear something uh, a little bit more formal around the house. I'm wearing a t-shirt. I'm telling you right now, I'm wearing a t-shirt next <laughs> week. It's the one I teased on, on social media last week. Um, yes, it'll we be. We each have our own idea of formal, Greg. So not my, but... That's not my idea of formal. I'm just not wearing formal. This <laughs> is what I'm saying. For, for uh... the, the hashtag Miranda and Greg DeMarco Super Such Good Shit Show 6, the musical will be will be the... Look, if I'm gonna be on camera, I'm gonna go for it, okay? So if that means it. putting on some formal attire to you just do want a excuse. podcast in we my office. We talked about this yesterday. You were talking about this yesterday. You just want an excuse to wear something. Is, is that is really also going. true? I only wear uh, leggings and workout clothes now. Me too. I haven't, I haven't trust. I haven't put on actual. Maybe some jeans is probably the most put together uh, piece of clothing I've, I've worn. I haven't worn jeans. Long. Since the last time I went to the office, which was probably a month ago. No, I wore them one night over Memorial Day weekend when I had the staycation. I did wear jeans to something we did that weekend. But yeah, besides that, no, no, no jeans. No jeans. None whatsoever. Ooh. You talked about the working out. It's a funny story. Remember the boss pants? The boss pants. Yes, the boss pants that I got in October. I sent you a message and I was complaining because there was fabric touching me everywhere. And yes. you replied and said, that's how pants work. Now those are too baggy. So yeah. Wow. It's the the, you, the, the trouble. Also, I hate you um, <laughs> because I don't have that problem. All my clothes touch me. Well, uh, you're a woman, so that's probably they're supposed to. But that yeah, that is also true. But I haven't had any way. not because of the fact that that they've outgrown. I've I've outgrown them. I have not outgrown anything. I yeah I I have. That's all yes. I have. That's, that's okay. Which is why I well, wouldn't have been willing to do this in like January. So. That's true. Hey, but it's a, it's a good sign of growth. We're doing some great things. And again, this podcast in particular is, you know, uh, it's a fun one. It's fairly random. It's eclectic. And sometimes you, uh, we like to not even just sometimes, a lot of times we like to pull back the curtain, not only on, on our experiences in pro wrestling, but also just on our friendship, uh, how we are wrestling fans and all of that. And, you know, this visual component also lets the fans know, the listeners know. I personally want to have listeners uh, 
as part of this conversation. And I know visually uh, that can help through, you know, this to see what we look like, what we wear uh, every week. So we hope that you enjoy this new element of the show. Uh, let us know. Again, the hashtag Miranda show is part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find on multiple streaming forms of podcasting. There you can subscribe, rate, and review. So let us know what you think of not only this show, but any of the podcasts that you listen to uh, from the Chairshot Radio Network. Also, don't forget, go to thechairshot.com for all of the wrestling news, uh, opinions, and analysis that you want to know. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And as a reminder, Chairshot on social media has changed their handle to at Chairshot Media. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, you're not on Snap, Snapchat, TikTok. No, neither. Uh, tout any of any of those? I don't think anybody's on Tout. Um, I just have to confirm because there's so many changes. I just need to to make sure I get my facts straight. So just there was like five minutes of bandwagon nerds of Patrick complaining. Go figure, Patrick complaining about the fact that I changed the handle and he, I don't know. Maybe they changed the other things I don't know about. Like it's literally it was very Patrick. It was a very Patrick moment. Oh, it's so cute. So sweet. <laughs> He's a ch- he's a man child, he really. Is. <laughs> and you know he's still your best friend, so that's one of them. As he complained that's... about during chair shot radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, such good oh. well again, follow the chair shot on social media. There you'll be able to find links to all of the upcoming. Uh, news articles, newly posted podcasts, and lots of other fun content, including video content uh, that is being released now. We're going into a brand new world. So come on board with us. Flying by the seat of our pants. Flying. Okay, so this week's topic, I, I know I've premised it several times. It may not be exciting or exhilarating, but it is important because it's a twofold topic. One of it is because we're living in it. Specifically, Greg and I, we live in the state of Arizona. We live in different cities. Um, But because of where we live and and what's happening right now, it's something I really wanted to talk about with my personal experience with it. And then kind of the second part of it is how it's impacting the world of professional wrestling, because it has for for several months. But there's been a few new stories coming up uh, as of late or that have come up regarding this situation. I keep talking about it very ominously, but I know uh, it's like you can say the word. I can say the word, but, you know, I want to keep it. Coronavirus. It's COVID. telling you one of these days we need to do an ASMR podcast. I don't, I don't know, know if I could pull it off. You could pull it off. I've heard you do it. Before. No, I can't. You've done yelling, it. This is my inside voice, Greg. This is my inside voice. This is my library voice. It's very loud. I am like a solid almost foot away from my mic. Um, I'm not I'm not even very close to it. It's with paper. I'm trying to see if it's making a noise. I don't know if it made a noise or not. I can't hear myself. I can hear everything else. Okay, thank you for playing. I would have found out when I went back and listened because, you know, I do that. So, yes, as Greg alluded to or just directly spoke out, we are talking about the coronavirus, Um, COVID-19, however you want to call it. uh, We are talking about it. Hang on. I want to really, like... I want to really do it up. Like we got to make the coronavirus sound exciting somehow. Like, like it's you were so worried about like how. No, I I wanted to add a little bit of mystery to it, so then the listeners could like, oh, what is she talking about, and then get to it, Greg. You guys know how to party. 
It's the coronavirus. <laughs> Going to hell. I mean, I already was. Oh, so man. Oh, this this whole working at home, quarantine, all of that. Not so much quarantine, which is, I guess, the problem in Arizona. Uh, so let's start there. Uh, COVID-19, many of you have seen on the news uh, an increase of cases in several states, including the state of Arizona. Arizona lifted uh, our stay-at-home order back last month, I believe it was May 15th, when the stay-at-home order expired. And what that meant was that we could all leave our houses again and businesses could open up and people could kind of resume their life as close as, as they knew it. Um, employers still could decide whether they wanted to keep uh, people working from home. At that point, uh, all of the school districts decided to not uh, resume classes, and some of them were already done for the year anyways. Um, but here we are. This is June 16th, about a month later, just about a month outside of the stay-at-home order expiring. And today, Arizona experienced its highest amount of cases of coronavirus. Um, state health officials reported 2,392 new cases this morning um, that led to a total amount of confirmed cases to 39,097. And again, this is big because this right. is the highest amount of cases reported in a one-day period in Arizona. The trends have continued to grow uh, in Arizona where we're not seeing a decrease as some have predicted with um after the stay-at-home orders expired and all of the preventative measures that's happening, we've actually increased cases. We have. And, and interesting about that, I just wanted to, because I did some some crunching of some numbers. So the prior high was just June 12th. So the prior high was just four yes. days ago. And it's like a 35% increase over the, so it didn't just beat the prior high, like it blew it away. And by, you know, some people are saying nearly double, 35%, not quite nearly double, but that's huge. Like that's a huge huge number like it is really it's, it's yes. big it's real big it's yeah it's it's a really big number for us here in arizona and that causes a lot of concern for people because you uh take all of the measures everyone many people have been taking all the measures possible whether it's been staying at home um whether it's going out and having protective gear face masks gloves heavy utilization of washing your hands, hand sanitizer, all of that, um, and still cases have increased. So in Arizona, we are in this interesting state where people are still trying to get on with their lives and do, you know, regular things, but now more than ever really concerned about uh, COVID-19. And if one, if uh cases are increasing that means it's spreading and that means more people are likely to get it or could be susceptible to getting it and then it also shows well what does that mean for the future uh we just got out of lockdown a month ago is it possible that we will go under another lockdown and other states may be considering this other states are looking at arizona to see what to do and what not to do as well and no one ever wants to be that person to be like don't do that because that was terrible we're living in that. So, um, but one of the reasons I, I wanted to share a little bit about my experience is because I actually got a COVID-19 test earlier today. So before we get into the topic, I do want to preface that 
Uh, I am not a medical expert. Anything that I say is just my experience and I'm not here to give any advice on necessarily how to handle uh, COVID-19. Uh, I'm just going to be sharing my experience with testing. So just wanted to, to get that out there just in case. And of course you don't listen to the hashtag Miranda show or probably any of the shows on the ChairShot Radio Network for medical advice. So I know that may go with you. It could go without saying. However, I just wanted to get that out there. Please consult with your medical professional, uh, a medical professional, uh, before making any decisions regarding uh, maybe self-quarantine, treatment, exposure, any of that. Uh, Greg, do you want to, you know, put anything out there? I mean, there's a good chance I'll pretend I'm one at some point just because of how opinionated I am on this topic. Uh, but, but yeah, not like, it's just all we can speak from is our frame of reference and our experiences and honestly our opinions. And so that's yes. what they are, but don't take it as medical advice. If you listen to pot is war, I'm sure Christopher Platt has given medical advice a time or two, but that's not the intention. Uh, make your own medical decisions the way you know best, just like we'll do with ours, but it's, uh, yes. yeah, that's not what we're here for. This is still entertaining. Uh, so, uh, I, 19 test earlier today and I got it on the behest of my younger sister. So I currently don't have any symptoms. I don't feel any symptoms of COVID-19. However, uh, I have a younger sister. She's a few years younger than me who has my, uh, a one-year-old son, my nephew. And also living nearby are my parents. Uh, they are 60 plus. So they are at a high risk uh, demographic. Plus my dad also uh, has diabetes. And so a lot of research has shown that people with diabetes could be susceptible to complications with COVID-19. So uh, when I was telling her about kind of what my routine looks like, I let her know that I do go out and about here and there. I go to the gym several times a week. I do go to the grocery store. Um, uh, I'll go to pick up food at restaurants here and there, but uh, not long-term exposure. But uh, again, with the increase in cases and her having a one-year-old son and my parents who also help take care of my nephew um, and they see each other a lot. She really urged me to get a test. So I at least knew whether I had the virus or not. And the plan was to try and get it as soon as possible because Father's Day is this weekend and I was going to go visit my family. So uh, I did the research and here in Tucson where I live, there are some CVSs that are offering drive-through COVID tests. So I went online, I was able to pick a, a store nearby, um, there was only about three or four locations, not all of them, but several locations were offering the test. And, um, and so I, I signed up for a time to, to do it. And I got instructions on, you know, just making sure what I had to bring. As far as the form I had to fill out, there was an online form in which I had to provide some of my information, you know, name, address, all of that. Uh, indicate if I was having any symptoms, if I was at all a susceptible population um, and things like that. So the process itself was fairly easy. I go today, go through the drive-through. It's actually a pretty long line. 
Um, so that's something I advise if you are getting a test, uh, be mindful that you're probably going to be there longer than expected because many people probably have the same idea as you. Now, and I'll explain the actual process because this is drive through. Um, the person on the other side had to explain all of the instructions to me, and then I had to administer the test myself. Now, this is just how this testing site works. I know that there's other probably medical facilities in which you go and uh, a medical professional administers the test. But the way that CVS does it, I did the test myself. Hang on a second. We just got done explaining to everybody how we're not medical professionals. To peel back the curtain, we did it twice. We explained it twice. They don't know why. And then you explained to us that you were going to have to administer your own COVID test to yourself. (laughs) So the medical professional told you to pretend to be a medical professional. Well, I just had to be the liaison to that, I guess. Like, uh, I don't don't know how that intermediary of my own personal uh, medical service. Okay. That, look, I'm just explaining the situation. I'm just telling you the the facts, okay? As people can tell, I didn't know any of this beforehand because it happened earlier today. So I'm I'm ingesting it as you, the, the listener or the viewer, going, the fuck? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is the way that it's rolling out. So... Uh, I pull up to the window. So as many of you have probably gone through a drive through pharmacy, uh, there's someone behind the, the screen or the glass, and then you are in your car. Um, the, uh, I believe a pharmacist was, uh, who was on the other side ended up just explaining that this is a drive through service. I'm going to explain to you all the steps of that you're going to take. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to send you the tool that you'll need in order to administer the test yourself. Uh, through that little, I forget the little box that you push through conveyor, like, like the pneumatic tube, like like at the bank. Kind of, but you you know, it's not a tube. It's just oh, like it's a right, tray. right there. So so you didn't. It wasn't like three cars over. I had to around. It was just right no, there. no, no. Okay, it's, it wasn't as fancy as that. Darn it. Okay. Not yeah. It's not yeah. the Jetsons. I was thinking the Jetsons too. That's amazing. I know we live in 2020. No flying cars. Who knows? Damn it. Maybe so, ne- maybe so next you- year. Maybe after all this stuff. So she went through the process of explaining how to handle the swab. So there is a swab that you have that you have to take up your nose uh, and you have to tilt your head back. So you have to get it at least an inch in within your nose uh, to do it. And then you have to circle around for 15 seconds to do the test. And then you take it out and you do it against the other nostril. So you do test both nostrils. So you do get a healthy sample size, uh, I'm assuming. Get them, that, that's my guess with doing both nostrils. You have to get you know a healthy sample size. And then there's a tube that you then insert your swab in and there's the handle actually breaks off. It's a little plastic handle. So you break it off so that way only the majority of the, the, the swab is in the tube. You seal it up put it in a bag and then you uh, drop it off. There's a box right next to uh, the tray, um, which is where all of the samples or all of the the testing samples go to then be collected by the diagnostic company so that they could test them. So uh, the big thing I think that I've been hearing a lot about is the uncomfortableness uh, of the actual swabbing because you do have to go pretty far up your nose. Um, But you know, it's, it is a little uncomfortable. You know, you get a tear in your eye. It's like, you know, maybe you, you really have to sneeze. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's slightly uncomfortable, but for not a long period of time. It, it, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. 
and between the explanation and the actual testing, it was probably a solid 15 minutes in my car doing all of that. Uh, they did make us, uh, anyone doing a test, you have to keep on, you have to have a mask on and you have to keep it on the entirety of the time. And then also when you do your own test, you have to roll up your car window. So that way there's less of a chance of exposure, even though the other person's on the other side of a glass and there's walls and all of that protecting them from you, they still want you to confine yourself in your own car to do the test. So that was really the experience with it. it. It was fairly easy, but I can understand uh, for some people that it takes some time, even though you sign up and do everything ahead of time, the lines are long. Um, however, the test itself was way easier than any shot or blood draw or any you know physical exam that I've had to do before. So for the peace of mind of my sister, and I did call her later, uh, earlier before we actually recorded these shows, uh, both this show and ShareShot Radio, to tell her I did the test. And the ease of mind that she had for me was worth it to go through that process. Um, and, and, you know, really, uh, again, I know that too, for anyone who has uh, the, the virus, some people have symptoms and some don't. So I also didn't want to preface of, oh, I know I don't have it. It's fine. Um, I, you, you never know, but I know it's important for my family because of the populations that exist with youth and older uh, people and also those with pre-existing conditions that it was important for me to at least know. So uh, I should get my results in the next few days, maybe by next week, depending on how fast these tests are turned out. But you know, overall, the process uh, was, wasn't that bad. So questions. I have yes, a few. Yes, I'm sure you have a few. So, so this thing, it took 15 minutes and that really explains why you were there. How long were you there? Like how I long? I was probably like in my car. In, like from when you got in line yeah. to when you left to go home. How long did it take? It was probably a solid uh, 40, probably about a solid 45 okay. minutes. Was there any instructions in terms of like, what you could eat or drink beforehand or anything you had to do before you left the house or anything like that? No, the only okay. thing that they made sure that they included in the instructions is that you had to have some kind of mask right. um, on while you were uh, not only in, in the line, but while uh, you were talking with the um, health professional. Unrelated question, and then I'll get back to the regular questions. When you wear the mask, do you cover your nose? Yes. Because I, I see that so often and I'm like, you're defeating the purpose yeah. like yes half the people i see wearing their masks don't cover their nose i literally when i got my hair cut this weekend the woman literally said she doesn't cover her nose because it's hard for her to breathe i don't know i was just like at least she was owning it right so she was yeah at least saying, some people own it but also uh related but unrelated one of the reasons why i i don't even mind wearing a mask so i got one of the newer masks that taya valkyrie has as part of her new fashion line so mine is really cute orange yellow tie-dye mask um that i ordered at tie.com uh huh is this mask nearby i can i can go get it it is not nearby enough for me to reach right but you'd have to entertain the audience for two minutes while i grab it hmm let me think i i got more questions first then we'll, then we'll yes okay so you don't you don't know exactly when you're gonna get the results 
right? Correct. So it could be the information I originally received was two to four days. However, um, the medical professional said that it could be uh, eight to 10. So if you don't get your results by the weekend, has this really made your sister feel better about you visiting the family for Father's Day if you don't actually have the results of the test? Um, that's a good question. So I feel like either way, she'll have the peace of mind. I may have to delay the actual visit, to be honest, if I do not get the results in time, which is totally okay, because they'll be coming uh, probably fairly soon um, to visit me. So I'll be seeing them soon, either way. But uh, if I don't get the results in time, um, then I probably will not visit or I will visit and she just will not show up. <laughs> She'll right. just quarantine herself from me. Gotcha. Yeah, I was just because I, I mean, only smart people listen to the Chairshot Radio Network and watch these shows. So I know they were thinking the same thing, too. Like I was establishing a timeline in my head and I was like, the whole purpose yeah, behind like this. Yeah, like the math is off. Yeah, it's like weird. knowing the reason why this took place and then knowing the time frame that you shared, I was like, something just wasn't adding up. So that's why I wanted to ask that question. Okay. I believe... That is all the questions that I have. Yes. All right. So, so we'll do the mask later. We'll forget about it. But okay. We'll do the mask yes. Later. Well, d- don't don't. Worry. I'll maybe put it on a future show so that way people can, oh, can, can see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have uh, several masks. Um, I have one. Oh. <laughs> well, I have several because I never. I, I sometimes lose track of things. So I have one that's in my car. Uh, regardless, I have one in my purse. Um, I have one at home that I kind of rotate around. So I, I have a few around just more because I'm forgetful more than anything okay. else. I can attest to that. So this other thing is kind of just more random, but it's related to news and, and things that I, I've learned. And you may know this, Greg, but I don't know how many of our listeners slash viewers know this. So Talking about the news, we got a lot of the information we talked about earlier from the news. Uh, One of the news outlets here in Tucson is an NBC affiliate called KVOA. And uh, they're pretty much one of my favorite uh, affiliations. Uh, I don't know, as a kid, I just was always drawn more to uh, NBC affiliates, I think, because for the most part, that's all we had when I was growing up in Yuma. Um, that was pretty much the only local affiliate that we had. So it's just a weird connection. Um, but every morning I wake up and I will click to the NBC affiliate KVOA in order to watch you know, my morning news. And one of the anchors of the morning show is someone that actually wrestling fans would be familiar with. And you're wondering, what does that even mean? Um, However, one of the anchors for uh, Tucson Today, which is the KVOA uh, NBC morning show, is one Sean Mooney. And for anyone who may or not be familiar with him, he is uh, the former WWE play-by-play announcer. He also did uh, a lot of interviewing and involved in uh, several different segments in WWE. Um, he was last seen uh, with NWA earlier this year as part of their broadcasting team. So I don't know if people knew that. I think it took me a while to connect the dots of seeing him on my morning TV show and then also realizing he, you know, 
is that Sean Mooney from from WWE and and even now NWA. So uh, I now I kind of feel a little bit more of an explanation too as to why I, I, I watch that. And he's a great anchor. I I like him a lot. And uh, that's that crossover with you know professional wrestling and and news. He also went to my alma mater, the University of Arizona, to study broadcasting. So you know, it's just. That's just a fun fact for today. That was just really, uh, you know, somewhat related, but nothing related to this that, uh, you know, the Sean Mooney uh, that everyone may have seen before from WWE is a local news anchor here in Tucson where I live. That actually is kind of cool. And, and for the wrestling fan listening, you know, everything that you said there is really good, except for the fact that he went to the University of Arizona. That's no a good thing. That. And you shut your mouth, boy. I will find you. We actually argued about this earlier today when yes, for the first exactly. time in the history of the world. I knew world, you had something to say about this. Someone picked University of Arizona over Virginia Tech in sports, and that person's going to forever regret this decision. So That is not true. You know. Also, the University of Arizona is the process of, uh, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? Okay, who's, I mean, really, seriously, a mug? This is a freaking totem pole. Like, come on. Right. A stupid totem pole. No, it's a fucking amazing totem pole. I have like I have pendants. I could pull other things, but I'm not gonna destroy my office just just to, you know, challenge you. I'm not gonna do that. Carry on. But <laughs> so again, just just a fun fact uh, for those of you who yeah are wrestling fans. And if you've been wondering what Sean Mooney's been up to over these years and what other things he does, well, he's, he's a news anchor here. So uh, that's, that's important to, to know. So there's a quiz at the end. Yeah, it's a quiz at the end. So one, another thing I wanted to talk about with this situation happening in Arizona, we talked about the increase in cases. We talked about my own experience getting tested, but it's also impacting lots of different uh, places, people, events within Arizona. Um, and for any of you who may be first time listeners or viewers, you know that Greg and I are also a part of the uh independent scene in Arizona. Um, I'm a ring announcer and I've announced for several promotions throughout the state. And Greg uh, is a promoter, producer, uh, also probably Kingpin, uh, of a promotion out here called Impact Zone Wrestling IZW. And COVID has already impacted, uh, pun, I guess, uh, implied. Yeah, not uh, intended, but it works. Intended, yes. Uh, has already impacted IZW running uh, shows in Arizona, had to postpone show already. Um, right now, there is one scheduled for the end of August. Uh, but I wanted to get your insight as a local promoter, as a promoter within the state of Arizona. Now that we're seeing some cases rise, maybe some restrictions coming into play back in Arizona, how does that impact running a, a show possibly at the end of August? It's, it's, I mean, I don't know the best, I'm trying scary is not the best word, but there's definitely apprehension there. Like, you know how bummed I was when we had to cancel the May 16th show and so much was building towards it. We had an amazing crowd in February. Everybody showed up and we ran out of chairs, had people standing like such momentum, such a great show. And we talked about that at length on this program and, 
And, and so it was just rolling towards and we were selling tickets for May and all that. And we made the promise that if we have to postpone the show, we'll refund every single ticket. We won't even do the whole gimmick where the tickets are good for the next show. Like, nope, you can buy your ticket in total confidence that you'll get a full refund. Everyone did when we had to cancel it and move it to August. And, and it's, it's, you know, full speed ahead to August. And then, you know, we're getting ready to like release graphics. So we redid all the graphics because you don't want to use the same graphics for May for two reasons. Number one. You don't want someone to see that and think, oh, maybe that's just old and and not realize it's a new date. And number two, it's new and fresh and you want to be new and fresh. You don't want it to be a reminder of the show that had to be canceled for COVID. And and so it was, you know, we're we're, we're in the midst of getting all that together. And now it's like right where we're getting ready to to announce stuff and, and sell tickets. There's a spike of cases in Arizona. Everybody's worried that things are going to get shut down again. And it's like you can't win and and we're still moving forward right now and and we're going to play it by ear and obviously monitor things closely so there's that aspect of it then there's the aspect of the actual show itself and the logistics do we sell less tickets which we are planning on selling less tickets at least in the beginning and and adjust as we get closer to august 29th do we have to have measures in place of the building and we will have measures in place of the building and and we're still figuring out exactly what those are because we know what those would need to be if we run the show today. We don't know what they would need to be running the show on August 29th. So there's that, and, you know, so having certain things available. We have a food vendor. Is that food vendor going to be able to do, to do food? What, you know, what steps do they have to take? What do we have to do about the talent? And, you know, the show that we had planned, there's a tournament. And so you have people that are going to wrestle and then the three winners are going to wrestle each other against the end of the show. Do we still do that? Is it okay to put people out there more than once? Is it a situation where we maybe want to let people leave after they've wrestled and, and therefore having less of a crowded environment in the locker room? There's so many things to think about and, and plan for. And when you start running a wrestling promotion, those aren't the things you thought you were going to have to worry about. You thought you have to worry about <laughs> how do I market the show? What do I book? How do we fill the building? All the things that we got good at. And now it's like, here's this other monkey wrench you got to throw in. And like you said earlier, right? We're not medical experts. We're also not experts at you know, having to put on an event in this type of time frame, but no one is right. The phrase unprecedented times. I know people get real tired of that, right? Because we hear it all the damn time, but it's true. You and I talked about that yesterday. That's what this is. These are really are unprecedented times. So we just got to figure it out and we got to do what's best for our fans and our talent and our, our show. And if that means that things take a nosedive and we can't do it, then we can't do it. Would I be bummed as hell to have to go from, February to May, then to not May, then to August, and to not August to November. Yeah, it would suck. But sometimes you got to make those decisions and you got to make the right decisions. So from the promoter perspective, it's crazy because I've never had to do this before. And it's not what I signed up for. But it's what we have to do. And it's what we're going to do because we want to put on the best show possible. We want to give our fans the best experience. And we want to keep this train rolling. But we got to do it in the way that's best for what's going on in the world right now. We can't be naive. We can't do things without really thinking them through. Yeah, we're hoping things take a turn in our favor. But if they don't, they don't. We'll figure it out. We'll adjust. But, yeah, it, it's there's so many more things weighing heavily on this one than what it was. You know, uh, February 23rd, the day after the last show, man, it was all about one thing and that was it. And now it's all about, like, a 100 things. And, hey, that's part of the job. Yeah, and 
it's really showing what this whole experience, this whole situation with COVID-19 is leading people to do in adjustments, not only in their personal lives and work lives, but in, and in, for being a, a wrestling promoter, a lot of that blends together where it's, it's a bit of both. And how do you balance that? And how do you balance the welfare of the talent, of the fans, of everyone working behind the scenes, uh, adhering to policies and guidelines from your own state? Because that's a whole other element in that too. Every state has different guidelines. One thing that Arizona is seemingly getting some flack for is not mandating uh, the the usage of, of medical masks, where other states are requiring. Now, again, that's every state's decision. However, it does make it more complicated when you're trying to kind of figure that out and see how do you do that. And in this case, for wrestling promotions, if you want to mandate something that maybe your state or your facility isn't requiring, but you want to do that in order just to have that extra preventative measure, um, or if you have to spend more money in sanitizing the area, or uh, you don't get to have as many people because you have to space them out more or whatever that looks like. There's a lot of things that you, I'm absolutely sure as a promoter, you have to consider and weigh the pros and cons and weigh out even the return on investment, but more importantly, the health and safety of everyone involved to make sure that not only is it a successful show, but it's also a safe show. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, uh, there, you know, way back, right when everything shut down, there was a promotion that ran a show with no fans and someone got sick. And so there was a whole big deal about that. And, of course, it blew up because it's wrestling. But, yeah, we don't want to have that. And we don't want to have that. Of course, you don't want to be the company that does it, right? But that's already happened, so it doesn't matter. But it, just for the human element, I don't want to have someone come out of our show sick and have to go through everything that they have to go through from that. Like, I just don't want a person to have to go through that. So there's the human side of it. There's the business side of it. There's the wrestling side of it. And, yeah, at the end of the day, you just want to do what's best for the fans, for the talent. And you think about you. You're an interviewer at our shows, right? You do a lot more than that. You produce things. You do all of that. So I don't want anything to happen to, to someone in your role and, and the multiple people that fill roles like yours. So it's it, – yeah, and at the end of the day, it's me and it's somebody else that runs these shows, right? We're the ones that are ultimately responsible for these shows in the end. And then you got the venue as well, and, and there's a representative there. And, and really, it, it's those are the three kind of big – you know, people who would ultimately be responsible for those shows, you don't want to do the wrong thing. And we don't have mm-hmm. a precedent. You know, we've talked about this as well. I can't look back in history and see, well, what did so-and-so do the last time this happened? Because it's never happened. There's no <laughs> historical reference never to look at, you know. And, and, you know, again, you know, history teachers are going to skip 2020 anyway in the future, so it doesn't matter. But it's... Just you no believe reference. all the other news too. The Mayan calendar got it wrong, and the end of the world's actually happening this Today. year. Yeah, tomorrow. That, um, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, August August thirtieth. So I'm still having my show. Damn it! But <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. It, but it, it really is. You know, you, you just got to do what's best, and and it's hard when and you're ultimately responsible for that. And I think you kind of err on the side of caution. You kind of when you're really in that position when you're dealing with your own stuff. You, you tend to be a little more conservative, and I think we will be conservative. It's easy to sell, tell somebody else how to do it, but when it's actually you and you have to do it, that perspective changes. And, and you as a person who I would ask for advice, obviously you have input there, but it's it's just, yeah, there's we just gonna, we're just going to have to roll with it. We're going to make mistakes, I'm sure. We're going to look back and, and wish we had done certain things differently, but my goal is to get everything right or as many things right as possible as we march towards August 29th, but it's scary. And 
I imagine that this problem is happening throughout the U.S. with many other independent promotions, um, really assessing uh, all of these factors and, you know, even looking at their timeline. And I know it seems like a lot of promotions want to get up and, and moving as soon as possible, but then weighing all of these factors may delay a promotion from running, whether it's later this summer or even this fall or to the winter. I know that some promotions have gotten creative with uh, finding new ways and formats to present a product. Uh, one that I remember seeing, or I believe several promotions had done this, is the concept of a drive-in mm -hmm. uh, a show. Uh, think about uh, the backlot bra from uh, <laughs> NXT TakeOver in your house, but probably in a little bit more organized fashion. Um, that's one way some promotions have decided to address it. Others are doing more empty arena shows and streaming online. Um, others are focusing actually on doing their own cinematic uh, types of matches as well and uh, taking some influence from what other promotions, especially WWE, has done um, in producing cinematic matches and bringing that content out to fans. So it truly is uh, not only an unprecedented time, but also a time to move and think forward when it comes to the future of pro wrestling, because this is not a short-term problem either. This is something that's going to carry promotions or promotions will have to be concerned about for possibly years to come. If there's upswings in cases like ours, um, how, how do you address that? Do you keep on going or do you take extra measures Will there be a peak times where promotions can't run anymore? So now you're going on a more limited calendar. Uh, do you have to consider venue changes where maybe you decide to do things outdoors so you have more space? Um, but in, again, places like Arizona, that really then limits your time frame because it's either hot or not hot. I think today here is like 105. And that's uh, a good part of the summer. Um, and other places may be beautiful, but that's just, we live in a dry heat. So, so, so many things that to me, I find it interesting, but also where I think that wrestling promotions will persevere and come up with ideas and be able to continue. And I, I truly believe there are going to be some fantastic promotions out there that come up with some creative and innovative ideas on how to produce content and produce a product um, in a safe and, and manner, not only for their fans, but for the, the talent. And I think that what is going to be what I'm really interested in seeing. I, I really liked the drive-through idea. I think, uh, attention to cinematic matches would be great for local promotions to to work on and do um, and, and to release online for fans and, and help broaden their fan base. There's just a lot of, of things and, and those were just a few but again there's probably even just more ideas that haven't come up with yet that could be really the future of independent pro wrestling. So I hate to be a downer but I'm gonna be because <laughs> there's a lot of the stuff that you listed is great right but here's the thing it's the wrestling business and how do you make money putting a match on a cinematic match on YouTube? How do you make enough money to pay those people? And some of these com com companies already operate at a loss and we don't, and, and I'll be open about that. But how do you do that? How are, do you open? Eventually that has to stop. Like you can't do mm -hmm. it forever. Eventually, you know, you only get tax returns once a year. That's a big insider joke now, but whatever. Um, you know, you only get COVID payments once in a lifetime and you put the two together and you have a big wrestling show, but it's only so that can only go so far. Like the, maybe the drive through <laughs> thing can work until the city shuts you down, which I know has happened to some people. But at the end of the day, we're a live event show. Like we put on live events. We put on live events with fans and that's how 
our business model works and how our business runs. If we put out a cinematic match, who's paying those people? How does that work? Who's producing it? And how do you make any of that back? You don't. And so a lot of these things are going to operate at a loss unless people have revenue coming in from that way and enough revenue to, to actually make it worth somebody's while. So I think you might get some cool content for a little bit, but I also think that that might end too because that well is going to dry up. The money well is if people are doing that. And that's just, I'm not saying it to be, to be Dick or to be rude or, or to be, you know, early career, Randy Orton to go back to what we talked about on chair shot radio, but that's just the reality of it. I manage a business when it comes to impact zone wrestling, I manage that business for two people and we got to make sure that that business can continue to run and be a business. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't, but we can't do things that aren't going to, support the business in the long run. Now, maybe in the short run, we mm -hmm. can do something to keep things moving. I've thought about it, but we couldn't do it forever. That's for sure. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a fair perspective because I'm sure there are a lot of local wrestling fans, you know, really wondering when is the next show going to happen? When is my local wrestling going to come back? And it's easy to throw out these ideas as though to do this and that, but you bring out a lot of good points on the business side as to why a lot of promotions haven't been able to move forward. You know, oh, why don't you just find a, a venue and only invite 50 people, you know, or why don't you do like, they, I, I'm sure the ideas have been out there, but there's a lot of complexity as to why those decisions can't happen or come to fruition um, and I think as fans that's just something that we just have to understand especially on the independent level um, the the means and the return on investment and uh, like you said the the money flow uh, that's why promotions haven't done things outside of live events really before uh, because that was really the big cash flow so where does that come from what does that look like uh, but again, I, I do believe in the creativity. I do believe there's probably some ideas out there that haven't been thought of or generated, or, or that's exactly what other independent promotions are trying to tackle with now is how do we make this revenue generating and have it sustainable so that way we can continue to operate in the future, not just in live shows, but through other formats. Again, I, not that I have the answers, uh, but I do feel like it's the future. It's out there um, and, and it will happen. And when it does, I think it'll be really fascinating and interesting to see. And just the interpretation of it, uh, especially across this country, will be awesome to see. But, you know, who, who knows? Um, I do want to go a little bit into the world of professional wrestling now that we've touched a little bit on the independent scene. Of course, speaking about COVID-19, big news broke from WWE earlier today that they have halted its scheduled tapings for today, Tuesday, um, when we film this show. Uh, you're listening to this later down in the week. Um, but they announced that on Monday, a developmental talent had tested positive for the coronavirus. They noted that it wasn't someone on the active roster on NXT or Raw or SmackDown, but they were part of the audience um, in, in the Performance Center. Um, I believe it was on June 9th when, when they were part of the audience. And so what, now that they know that there is someone uh, who, is, who has tested positive for COVID, uh, they've canceled tapings, and then they are also doing uh, testing and trying to facilitate testing for everyone on the roster to assess, you know, are there any other positive cases? And I know that 
within the world of you know wrestling social media both from fans and even I'm, I'm sure this got some mainstream coverage there was a lot of mixed reviews on that um, because wwe has been operating out of the performance center for quite a while right now they were able to get some clearing from the state of florida in order to operate be known as an essential business um and and now they do have this is actually their second uh positive confirmed case there was another one that they had i believe at the uh, end of march um right an announcer uh, and and that that person didn't have any contact uh with with other employees but that was kind of the, the first confirmed case that they had this is number two um and there's just a lot of buzz about this because it's impacting the t uh, tapings and now you know with everyone getting tested I know the big question has been, well, why weren't they testing before? And I know you have some uh, fairly solid thoughts as to kind of the complexities that WWE could have been faced as to why they haven't done mass testing already. Yeah, honestly, I just, there's just so much we don't, it's so easy to say, why weren't they testing, right? It's just simple to ask that question. And it's easy for us, those who aren't responsible for all that testing to ask that question. And First of all, they do business in the state of Florida. And so the state of Florida is going to mandate what they have to do. And so they did what they have to do in order to continue to do business in the state of Florida. Well, what a lot of people are doing, right? When you go to a restaurant, you're not tested before you go eat at a restaurant, but you're just as close as all the, the fans were that were in attendance at that taping on June 9th, which is largely believed to be when a lot of backlash was also taped. But it's, it's, it's just a tough situation because... It's easy to say WWE should have been testing, but what's the availability of tests for a private organization in Florida? Can they really obtain all those tests? Do they, uh, is that really what we want? Do we want to take those tests away from medical facilities? So then you, you know, everyone's saying well, AEW has been testing people. Well, have they really, were you there? Do you know that AEW has been testing people? They're in Jacksonville, not in Orlando. Orlando is, is, is a high point in terms of cities in the country for places that have COVID cases. So a lot of their tests might not be readily available as well. There's just so many variables that we don't know. And it's so easy to become idealistic and say what they should have done. Well, we don't know what they were trying to do. We don't know what attempts they made. Were they Have they been trying to get all these tests all along and weren't able to get them? Were tests made more available because they had a confirmed case? We just don't know. But it's so easy as fans to, to, to stand on a box and, and yell what they should have done, especially in hindsight, right? It's, e it's real easy to start pointing that blame finger, which I go, oh, it's a video show. I can do that now. And point that blame finger <laughs> because they have a case. But we don't know the steps they were taking. They might, the fact that they only have had two cases could be directly related to the steps they have taken. And maybe had they not taken those those steps, they would have had 10, 15 cases by now. Who knows? These are the same things that are facing, you know, the UFC when they run their events as, N as the NBA looks to enter this bubble in Orlando, by the way, it, they're also faced with the same problems. And, we just don't know. Like I said, you said earlier, right? We're not medical professionals and we're not going to pretend to be medical professionals. We're also not health officials. We're also not people who are in the political realm and in charge of making these decisions. So there's just so little that we actually know. It's easy to place the blame, to play the blame game, but it's real hard to actually learn everything we need to know and, and make an informed decision. So I can't sit here and tell you they did everything right. I also can't sit here and tell you they did everything wrong. And so it's, it's just tough. It sucks. And I hate that somebody got it. 
then they began testing everybody and maybe they should have been testing them all along maybe they could have maybe they couldn't have we just don't know and and look it's better as as a podcast about wrestling on the internet it'd be much better for me to to sit here and, and and put my torch in the air and say hey this is they were doing everything wrong all along but i just you know in being authentic which we talked about earlier i just can't do that maybe they did maybe they did everything all wrong maybe they didn't who who knows? But I think this is not a time for blame. I think this is a time. They did, right? They did halt tapings. They were supposed to tape today. They didn't. They tested everybody. They'll resume taping after that. So they, they acted accordingly. And, and, and I also, again, I don't know what it would have been like in the state of Arizona. I don't know what it would be like in the state of Florida. We just don't know. And, and like Miranda talked about earlier, every state's different. And, and, and every state regulation is different. And we don't know. We barely know what they are in Arizona. We have no idea what they are in Florida. That's that's very true. And with I mean, talking about my own experience with the timeline, that also means that this could have an impact on uh, NXT tapings um, for uh, the future for this week and even possibly uh, Friday Night Smackdown if they don't get the results in time uh, in order to operate or, or this could even have an impact on who gets to wrestle um, if they don't have the results by the time they resume taping or, or plan to start taping. So, you know, it really does shake things up a, a bit. I do commend them for taking the time to individually test everyone. And, and maybe they're going to add some more measures in place now with this happening. I know that there was uh, a lot of, um, I would say, feedback about WWE opening up the audience uh, to be uh, more people besides the uh, performance center recruits, as alleged, you know, as it, you know, the company likes to to call them allegedly, and uh, you know, other news uh, sources. But uh, you know, I know that step even made some fans feel uncomfortable that they were opening the door. So I know too, a lot of it is that personal level. Some fans are okay with it, but some of you may have my sister who say it's too early, it's too soon. There's at-risk populations and all that. So I think to the perspective that you have on the severity of this, how it impacts your life and your family, also I think translates to wrestling fandom. Um, or just that, you know, you kind of have to examine as well that if that was your family member working in that environment, what would you want for them? It's very easy to separate ourselves from what's happening because it's on TV. It's, you know, wrestlers and performers, and that's their job. But ultimately, this is their lives and their health that they have to consider. And so that, that's something that these measures take uh, into consideration. I do also want to mention something that you pointed out, Greg, with AEW. Tony Khan did tweet out earlier today when he was asked, or someone actually on Twitter pointed out the testing measures that AEW has set in place. And Tony Khan responded uh, that this is in his words. Yes, we test every person who's in the backstage area or working in or around the ring at the beginning of every week we're doing a show. Now, that's just directly from his Twitter account. So, uh, again, um, that, that isn't necessarily an official statement from AEW or TNT. It is from Tony Khan's Twitter account. The hope would be that that is a, a true and honest statement. And as Greg pointed out, they are filming, even though they may be in the same state, they're in a different location. They also probably have a smaller 
crew size. I know that that was also an element when they started to incorporate wrestlers as fans, that they had a wristband system, ensuring that those who had wristbands were already tested. And that's why they were able to be in closer proximity. So they may have different measures and processes in place than, than WWE as well. Uh, and, and I don't know, maybe WWE wants to look into them. Maybe they're going to do their own thing. I'm sure both are keeping them close to the cuff. Um, because that too, I mean, the more you open, it also can be scrutinized as well. So as long as they're taking those measures, but I don't foresee either company going into to that much depth. Uh, but it's also funny how you mentioned that, yeah, fans are going to take the tweet from Tony Khan as uh, gospel when, you know, maybe WWE puts out official statements and fans are still unhappy with that as well. So different news sources, different, <laughs> different ways of sharing information. Uh, but again, you know, that that's, that's also what the situation has done for l- much larger companies is it's also impacted how they operate and, and do business and record and, and film on a weekly basis. It, it's it's a, a couple things. Number one, the Khan family also owns an NFL football team, so they could have access to certain things. We don't know. Number two, the word testing could be taken a lot of different ways. Like in a lot of areas, testing and screening mean the same thing. But with COVID, a screening somebody usually involves taking temperatures and checking for symptoms versus testing is what you just went through. So he could also be saying things that, that might not mean what people think. And I'm not saying he's being deceiving. It's just... You just don't know, and and that's the biggest thing about it. And and with wrestling and with wrestling, he said, news, yeah, his tweet did say we're... testing. He said yeah. we test, not you know. So I I'd like to think he's being very intentional. But I there are two different tests. There's an antibody test, and there's the actual COVID test as well. Um, and so that that too it wasn't specific as to which test people are are receiving. And you're right about the the resources. They may have slightly uh, different range of resources uh, available to them. Yeah, who knows? But again, we don't know. And sure, we have to make decisions with the information we have. But I guess the biggest thing for me is sometimes it's okay not to pick a side, not to, to, to... get mad at one person and not mad at the other one and just be like, okay, I'm going to take that information and I'm just going to take it. And, and it's, it's okay to not have outrage or not have positive feelings. I guess we live in that social media day where it's either, okay, I read something. I'm either happy about it or I'm mad. I guess it's okay to be in the middle. And it's taking this whole competitive level between AEW and WWE to a whole new level. Ever since day one, since AEW's conception, it's all about, you know, the fans, uh, and I know we've had this conversation as well. I know that some of that, you know, you feel has been AEW intentionally, you know, putting stakes in the ground saying we are going to, to battle WWE, uh, but that there's a competition between them over wrestling supremacy. And we're taking some elements about people's health and livelihood and, and ultimately operations of a company and trying to, uh, have them battle that out or at least there's i think there's a fandom behind that that everything they do everything AEW does or wwe does is all about beating the other company and, and i don't think in this case it, it is um, or has absolutely one has absolutely anything to do with the other 
it's just really about, you know, two different methods and processes or just operations of, of companies that both happen to be in the realm of pro wrestling. They also are operating in the same state. So again, a lot of parallels, totally understand. But I don't think in this case, it is about AEW versus WWE. It's really just examining, you know, what are the differences? What are things that they could learn from each other or do? And, and how is that important to fans too? Uh, ultimately too, this is another thing about what does your fandom mean to you? What do you value as a fan from your pro wrestling? Whether it's what's behind the company, who's behind the company, who's wrestling, what the company believes in. Those are pretty broad things uh, about a wrestling company. But if that matters to you, then that's, you know, you have to evaluate too, then, then your wrestling fandom. If it's not, and, and you're looking at more just from an entertainment aspect, then uh, I don't think, you know, then, then the decision's a lot easier to make. But if, you know, testing or screening practices are important to you as to what kinds of companies that you support, and in this case, what kind of pro wrestling you consume, all right, that's absolutely up to, to you. But you also want to try and get as many facts uh, as possible with that. On the plus side, I do want to talk about some good news coming out of the world of pro wrestling from New Japan. Uh, New Japan has been on hiatus since February 26th, and recently they announced that they were going to be coming back for their very first show that happened yesterday on Monday, June 15th. It was a... Uh, show was actually kind of a mystery uh, show. They didn't really announce too much about it called Together Project Special. And right after that, today actually uh, was the start of the New Japan Cup that's running June 16th through July 11th. And uh, actually uh, also announced today was that New Japan was going to be adding more events through the summer. Um, and really they're, they're back. They've been on hiatus. They canceled 53 shows from February to June. And yeah. this was something that, again, every company has their own approach to this. And we're even talking about this in an international way um, because of the fact that how much COVID has impacted companies and, and countries uh, all over the world. And New Japan made a stand that they were not going to operate at all during this time. And so now they're back with the New Japan Cup. Um, and I think fans are, are very excited and thrilled. Um, what, what are your thoughts now, New, you know, New Japan back uh, on the scene? Yeah, it's interesting because the, yeah, they canceled 53 events. They're a touring company, just like WWE is. WWE canceled way more than 53 events. Like that's, you know, one thing there. That, that the, the show that they filmed that they released on Monday was actually filmed in secrecy previously. Uh, probably over the last yeah. few weeks at their dojo in L.A. and released right before the New Japan Cup kicked off. And, of course, we have all that coverage over at thechairshot.com, just to make sure people know yes. that. Andrew's covering that stuff right now. But it's it's just it's exciting for fans who want some wrestling to watch. And, and again, we talked earlier, we've talked on other shows, right? WWE is, is going more toward that sports entertainment element. And you've got even a company like AEW doing more cinematic presentation. And if that's not your cup of tea, there's not as much available out there for you. And now here comes New Japan. And, and even though they're filming it with no fans, it's still New Japan wrestling matches. And it's still yep. that New Japan product that you've come to know and love. So there's just another avenue, another outlet for you to watch something that you've missed. And to me, that's a good thing. And I'm glad they're back. I'm glad. I believe in the approach they're taking personally based on the information that I've ingested because 
they shut it down completely, and, and now they're coming back with no fans. They have a plan to have fans during the month of July. Whether or not that happens, who knows? At what capacity, who knows? Um, they, they have some initial plans, but those plans could change. We don't know. Japan as a nation handles COVID-19 and the coronavirus very differently than we did in the United States of America. They handle it as a nation, not necessarily individual states handling it like we have. Many other countries do as well. I recently did an interview with Canadian Football League star Chris Aki. Nothing has opened in Canada, according to him. And like pretty much they're still largely in a lockdown. They don't know when the season is going to start. They don't know if the season is going to happen this year. They do have some plans in place, but they're further into the fall, and they may not happen, and, and he's fully ready for that. And we talked about that during the interview, which you can find at thetrshot.com. But that's just the perspective. It's still we, – we, we tend to get Americocentric – a lot of times because we're in America and other countries are handling it differently. Other wrestling promotions are handling it differently. So hopefully for new Japan, they're doing some things we can learn from and it's a product that's making people happy. I would say hopefully it's making people happy, but I see the posts. I see the tweets. I see the responses. It is making people happy. So I'm glad because yeah. that's what wrestling's supposed to be. You know, I know that Patrick got mad at himself a few weeks ago for hoping that bandwagon nerds would pose a distraction for people. But wrestling is supposed to be that escape from the real world. And sometimes wrestling and the real world have to intersect. But it sounds to me like having New Japan to watch is that escape for some people. And I'm for it. I'm 100% for it. And going off of what you mentioned, too, that uh, according to their website, that they're going to, once they do allow fans uh, back in live events, they say that they're going to be taking strict measures to counteract the spread of COVID-19, and they're going to have specific policies on their website for fans to review prior to attending. So there's also going to be that onus on the fans, and I think that's an element, too, where I think for all promotions, whether you are WWE, AEW, New Japan, or even a local promotion as well, where there is going to be onus and responsibility on the fans who attend in order to practice those safe measures, um, to even attend. Uh, you, Anyone who does go to a live event does run that risk but we've talked about it ourselves that you know as uh, adults you know that's decisions that we all make as well and that if it's something that we enjoy and, and want to participate in and go to you know that's a, a risk that we take anytime we do leave the house so there is onus on, on every individual who attends on just you know understanding the risk, taking the safety measures that a company asks fans to, to do, um, and not trying to, trying to fight it. I mean, ultimately too, you know, if you don't want to abide by that, you don't have to go to that show. Uh, and hopefully promotions do have fans that are very understanding and supportive of those measures and follow them, but also they may not let you in. And that's also their right to do that. You know, there that's always been a policy, you know, uh, to do that or to ask fans to, to leave. But now they may have more of an onus or, or a responsibility if there is someone who is, is causing a health issue for others. So uh, it is, I think, a great time. And I think a lot of people do uh, agree. I was totally okay with New Japan taking a hiatus. Other promotions have decided to do that as well. Uh, Ring of Honor is one um, here stateside that has canceled uh, future showings. MLW as well. Uh, they are pretty much taking it month by month, um, assessing and evaluating their events and pretty much just deciding every month whether to run or cancel. And at this point that they've been continuing to, to cancel because that's the company's prerogative. If they decide to not operate, then 
you know, they're doing that because it's in the best interest of the the performers of the company uh, of everything. So, uh, and it also, I think for fans who just have to be more understanding uh, of that. I know content uh, is, is always rich to want to try and find content and do, you know, find new wrestling and have those options. And you're fairly limited now in live and new content, but we've said it before, you know, take the time to explore a new promotion, uh, research and learn, or even visit back to a time in wrestling that you enjoyed uh, as you wait for you know, maybe your favorite promotion to come back, but everyone's handling this differently. It's still just very fascinating uh, to be in this time, uh, not only just in life, but in just pro wrestling and examine and look and see what's happening and how everyone is uh, addressing uh, this situation in different ways. It's also important to remember to go back again, here I go again, the business side of things, right? Ring of Honor is owned by the TV stations that have their show. So if they don't produce the brand new TV show, there's no blowback around that, right? We don't know the financial implications behind the MLW TV deal, but obviously it's better for them financially to not run and not produce that and you lean on their old content. That doesn't work for WWE, who has deals with Fox and USA, and AEW has a deal with TNT that just got re-upped, and they're actually making money from it now, which they weren't originally. And even Impact Wrestling, now being owned by Anthem, who owns the, the channels that they're on in a lot of ways, their situation is very different as well. So the, the economic situation behind each of those five promotions, six if we put in New Japan, is every single one of them is different. No two are alike, and that's also hard for wrestling fans to understand either, because Wrestling is wrestling is wrestling, but it's not. Not in this day and age, not with the TV product the way it is. WWE, I thought they should shut down originally and show some old content. Maybe that wouldn't work for USA and Fox. And so they were kind yeah. of put in a rough spot. Same with AEW, with TNT. Whereas that may not work for, for other companies. Look, I talked about IZW before, right? If we don't run a show, we're not spending money. So we're not losing money. And, and that could be the reality for Ring of Honor. That could be reality for MLW. For an AEW or a WWE, if you don't run a show, you're by default losing money because of the TV deal. So it's very, very different. And so I guess they're not only making those decisions for all the quote-unquote right reasons. There's some business and economical factors in those decisions as well. I don't want to say they're right or wrong, but that's just, that's just the dose of reality and how these decisions are made. I don't love it, but I don't control it. It's just I'm here to kind of state that fact. That factors in as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that even just goes to any business at this time. I know that overall, many local, state, the national economy has been impacted by this. And every business owner has had to evaluate those pros and cons. Some reopened as soon as these stay at home orders were lifted. Others have decided to remain closed. And that's, you know, again, a lot of those economic factors, business factors come into play. The world of professional wrestling is such more visual and it's it's so large. And with this fan base that's everywhere, you know, and all over the U.S. and all over the world, too, that's also where you either have, you know, ideas or speculation or opinions about what companies should or, or should not do. And I again, I think it's still absolutely fascinating how every company is approaching it. And you brought up some really good points about uh, where funding is coming from, from these organizations or to these organizations. 
what contractual obligations that they have that may require them to keep on going. And then, you know, other financial factors in, in play as well that could either allow them to continue to produce content, or maybe they have to reduce um, certain content or completely cut out live shows, who, who knows. But uh, this was just really more of a format to discuss how COVID-19 has impacted the world of professional wrestling. I feel like I've said impacted a million times. And it's also embarrassing that I didn't mention impact wrestling once. Uh, not out of spite or anything like that. I feel like because of the fact that I, they've actually been a little bit more tight-lipped as to how they've been operating with this. So I didn't want to throw anything out there regarding their practices because that's just something that they have not released. So that wasn't my you know business to try and, and put something together. But they are, like you said, they are on TV every week producing content. Um, they are, uh, you know, uh, doing empty arena shows. I believe they're doing things out of Nashville. Again, another state. So uh, in Tennessee, completely different guidelines and policies or restrictions when it comes to COVID-19. And so, bringing in talent from Canada, another country. And so it's yep. just a whole, you know. The North and, came back, baby. Exactly. They came, the they came, came back. back. Not just that, uh, but here's night. the thing about Impact Wrestling, right? We don't know, but if they were doing something that people didn't like, Ethan Page would tell us that they were. So <laughs> there's, there's that too. There's, there's definitely that too. Yeah, that, that's a, a lot. And you know what? They've actually, I think they've been thriving in this. I feel like I their storylines, we get to see more of their storylines being told and actually how good they can be. Um, I feel like a lot of the past history with TNA has cloud, uh, clouded the judgment of fans as to not giving Impact Wrestling, this new iteration, a chance. So for me, I feel like storylines are fairly easy to follow. They, to me, they make they make sense. It makes me entertained while I'm watching it. And of course, you have some really fantastic uh, wrestling. I mentioned the the North. Um, There's still TNA Impact Wrestling champions, uh, and I. I really enjoy them as a, a, a tag team. And so I feel like there's a lot of good things happening with impact. And again, that's another thing, you know, if you are w, tired of seeing maybe WWE, maybe you're not a fan of AEW uh, and all this stuff. If you haven't watched impact wrestling in a while, take a look at it. it I, to me, it's worth it. It's only two hours every Tuesday and uh, it, it doesn't feel long. Uh, it, it's again, I think it's fun and easy to watch and there's some great storytelling in it that I feel like this new era, this particular era in COVID has allowed some really good stories to, to be told and, and uh, blended out. And you have Slammiversary coming up and they're building a lot of cool things for Slammiversary. Uh, we haven't even talked about that whole promo that they put out, I believe last week with this uh, addressing all of the WWE yeah. talent that was a release. And you know what? I think it was kind of smart. I mean, who it knows was. how many of those people are actually going to be there, Take if the any. Footage. But you know what? It was a great way to grab some attention because it did. It got onto the internet quick with a lot of speculation. And it's something that they're really, you know, pushing for Slammiversary. So I think there were some smart things that they've been doing. And someone's going to be there at Slammiversary. It's not like they're going to yeah. deliver nobody. It's not, Dixie's not in charge anymore. They'll deliver something. They'll deliver someone and it'll be good. And yeah, when you're fighting from behind, why not do those things? What, what do you have to lose? They don't have anything to lose impact wrestling and all of this. And I think it's great what they're doing. And I think they do put out a really good product, a very underrated product, but I think people are starting to come around and see more of it. And 
hopefully that's something one of the good things that comes out of this is maybe they get another resurgence once things get back to quote unquote normal whatever the the hell normal is yeah whatever normal looks like who so. knows well you know what speaking of normal this may be the new normal for the hashtag miranda see? show we will see who knows uh, but thank you to the listeners and the viewers. Sometimes I've said viewers and there's no viewers, but now I get to say right? that. Right, now you get to say uh, I could say it and it doesn't sound crazy. Hopefully it's uh, true, we'll find out. Find out, hey, who knows? Maybe, maybe this doesn't get to air and I and whoever's listening to this on one of the many streaming platforms for this podcast are like, y'all are insane. But, you know, Hey, we're we're trying something new. We're living in a time where you have to push out creative. You got to push out some mm-hmm. some different ideas, try new things. And damn it, I'm not going to preach it if I don't try it myself. So here we are. Don't forget, you can visit thecheershot.com for your wrestling news analysis and opinions. Thecheershot.com. Always use your head. Thecheershot.com. Always. Use your head. So now they can actually see us do the. I know. Mm, I mean, it's so exciting. Do, yeah. <laughs> he just waited all show for that. He just really made, made his night. So uh, you can find Greg DeMarco on social media at Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, not Tout, Tout, not Snapchat, not TikTok. No. Not. Cl- not Club Penguin, not any of those places. Is that a thing? The last one you said? It was a, so okay. Club Penguin is, is from my understanding, it's more of like a millennial thing. It was a, like a Disney slash kids website that you used to, that people could go on. Um, and some of them, sometimes you could do chatting, I believe, but it was more just like fun kid content. But many, many people now who were on Club Penguin are like now adults and you know, it's just one of those more nostalgic forms of uh, online communication or format. You're not on MySpace. MySpace, yep, I remember MySpace. Yeah, you're not on that, so nope, just nope. just keep it straight to the facts. Me, well, I'm the Twitterless heroine, so I am not on Twitter, but you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda. We'll put it right there just for you, just in case. Hashtag is spelled out. Yeah. Hey, I did mine earlier. I had mine up there earlier. Yes. I felt like 17 up. different things on there. Yes. You, you, you know, maybe that's going to be part of the, the fun part of this video portion of the hashtag Miranda show is to see how many times Greg changes his description, whether it's his name or, or whatnot. I have a feeling he's about to change it right now. Uh, I may be more focused on doing the video, so I won't change mine as often. There you go. Such good shit. So a preview for next week. We usually don't do this, but we kind of already have an idea of what we're going to do. I'm not going to spoil it too much. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to say this? I'm just going to tell the fans that we are going to be doing a super such good shit pal show extravaganza. Uh, Number six. I think it's number six. Yeah. Yeah. Number six. We haven't done since January. So that's exciting. Yeah, we haven't done one of these. So in the times where it works out, uh, we end up combining Chair Shot Radio and the Hashtag Miranda Show into one big super show where it's just me and Greg putting out such good shit 
how. So I'm not going to go into depth about what we're actually going to be doing. Uh, we're, we're going grand, though. The idea itself is is fairly grand. This is an endeavor that we've actually talked about for uh, quite a while. And now the opportunity has presented itself for us to uh, do something special with all of you. So make sure you tune in to uh, the super, the super, such good, the such good shit, super pal show. You'll get it. It will be on the chair. Shop. It is. Um, it's the hashtag Miranda and Greg DeMarco super such good shit show six pal. Yes. Return of the sixth. Yes. That's not a thing. Well, I'm making it a thing. It was okay? the fifth, I mean, I'm, I'm, I didn't get the entirety of that show, right? To be fair, it's a long title. A little bit. Uh, yeah. But that's also the fun part of just me messing it up because that's just that's just my my thing. It, we just great. call it the shit show. Like, to be yeah, short, it's, it's just really, the shit yeah. show. In short, it's the, the shit show. We'll be doing that next week right here uh, on thechairshot.com and all of the forms of streaming for podcasts. So make sure you tune in to us next week. Make sure to go to chairshot.com, prowrestlingtees.com, follow us on social media, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening and watching. And don't forget to keep it soft style. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.